in chapter 21. Uh, and everybody has a good Sunday at church when the preacher starts getting into Revelation, right? So um, Revelation chapter 21, we're going to go there this morning. We are continuing our series called Afterlife, where we're uh, exploring what Jesus had to say about what happens when we're finished with this life. And so we've had several weeks. We discovered we are eternal beings. God, we are, we're going to live forever in one place, either eternal life or eternal destruction. But we're living on forever. Uh, and we began to explore what it means to be in the presence of Jesus. We also talked about what it means to be separated from him uh, in, in eternal uh, separation from God and the horrificness of that. And God openly extending his heart to us to become a part of that family. And so this morning, what we're going to explore is what it means to actually be in heaven. Like, what happened? What is heaven like? And uh, that's actually probably like a 42-sermon series of what heaven actually is. Um, But I'm just going to condense it down into uh, one sermon. And so uh, I'm going to pray and uh, that somehow God would do this this morning. Kids, I'm excited for you to be here this morning because God's got some cool things to say to you about heaven as well. And so let's pray. Let's ask for God's presence. Revelation chapter 21. If you came in here, by the way, you, came, you got a worship guide when you came in. On the back of your worship guide is a set of notes. If you like to fill out notes, this is the church for you. And so uh, you'll have an opportunity for that. And if you don't want to mess with that, you don't have to either. Um, let's pray and just ask for God's presence here. Father, I thank you for every person that's in this room. We've got four-year-olds. We've got 84-year-olds. And you love each one of us. You have a calling and destiny. And, that, and every one of us actually has the same. For every person that calls on, the na- on your name, you've got a promise for us. A home forever with you. So awaken us. In fact, just right where you're at, would you just ask God to awaken you for your home? God, would you awaken us for what we have coming? Would you awaken us for what we were actually designed and created for? Would you awaken us to receive the truth of your word? Would you awaken us to, to, to believe the truth of life forever with you? And that we'd begin to live out of that. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So football season started yesterday, and it feels just important. For whatever reason, it just feels important. It feels important to me uh, because every year what happens is I get my hopes up that uh, the, the school that I went to, Texas Tech University, which most of you have, I recognize because you're not from Texas, you've never heard of this school because we're not good at anything in sports. <laughs> and so, but every year what I do is I get my hopes up that we're going to be good. Uh, and then, uh, so, and we, so we had our, our kickoff game yesterday, and it was amazing. We got slaughtered. Um, and so I just, I feel real thankful um, that I, li- I have no hope in my football team, so all my hope is in Jesus now. So that's good. <laughs> but, uh, but I'll tell you, my freshman year uh, at Texas Tech University in glorious Lubbock, Texas, uh, my freshman year, um, we had a quasi-decent team. We actually ended up having a guy who went on to have an all-pro career uh, in the NFL. He was on our defense. His name is Zach Thomas, and uh, he was super, super good, and, and he was one of, and so here's what, when, you, when your school is in Lubbock, and then you're trying to try to get players to play for Texas Tech University in Lubbock, they all have to travel to the school, and they get into Lubbock, and they're like, I don't think I want to be here, 
And that's kind of, and so then nobody actually wants to come to our school. So we get the mediocre players. Like every once in a while, we'll get like a five-star recruit. But mostly it's like two-star recruits with just, and we're just praying our guts out that somehow uh, that'll translate. So anyway, m- mediocre team, we're trying to do it. My, my, we're, my freshman year, what's happening is uh, we play Texas A&M, which you probably have heard because they're decent at, at several things, just mostly being like acting like a cult. But that's like another sermon for another day. So it's Texas A&M. That's fine. So they're amazing. They have not lost in 30 straight conference games. 30 straight. So it's been like three years. They haven't lost a conference game at all. They've never, and they're just amazing. And so we know we don't have much of a chance. But I'm a freshman. I'm excited. So we go to the game. We're there. And I mean, miracle of miracles, somehow we have kept the game close. And uh, the game is tied uh, seven to seven at the end of the game, and Texas A&M has the ball. Uh, there's a minute, like a minute 45 left in the game, and you just know because you're, because you're from, Lo- and you, because it's Texas Tech, you know, oh, this is where we lose. And, uh, and so A&M's gonna drive down the field, they're gonna score a touchdown, and you just kind of feel it going on, so you're just kind of sitting there like this. And, uh, and they're driving, A&M's driving, uh, the quarterback pulls back. They're trying to get down the field so they can score. And he, th- he throws the ball right over the middle of the field and right there, out of nowhere. And I feel like it was a, just a little bit like God doing a miracle. Put Zach Thomas, all pro, just out of nowhere. It was like he wasn't there and then he was there. He intercepts the ball and he runs all the way back to the, t- scores a touchdown. And uh, all of Lubbock is set on fire at this moment. Like it is, the stadium erupts and we cannot believe what's happening in front of our eyes. This never, ever happens for Texas Tech University. Literally, all I remember is I had a coat, I had a huge coat. I just threw it straight in the air. (laughs) And then, and then just piles of people just caved in on each other. And it was the craziest experience I've ever had in my whole life. It was like, the most amazing thing, there's just, there, there is all this excitement, there's all this euphoria going on. It's like these cool, this, this joy-filled, like you can't imagine how amazing this is experience all in like one fell swoop and you feel like your head is going to explode. And my guess is this, every one of us has maybe had a moment or a time where you've had that joyful experience, like something crazy happened and you were so excited, euphoria like built up inside of you and it was like you couldn't handle it, even contain it. I love even just this past Thursday, if you got, how many of you got to go to Surrounded uh, in Nashville? It was un- unbelievable. Like there's, you feel this moment where like, like there's thousands and thousands of people and we're all pressing in that same direction, like going after God and you feel this, the weight of like, oh my gosh, we're a part of something so powerful and unique. We've all had these moments uh, of euphoria and, and, and they, they're amazing. But hear this, all of it is just a shadow, is a dim shadow of every person's reality to come that calls Jesus Christ Lord. Totally a shadow. Every joy-filled experience in this life is actually meant to help us long for a new home and a new life. 
Every moment of excitement, euphoria, every concert experience you've ever had, every great worship experience, every football game, chess tournament, whatever you get excited about, wherever it is that you've got to, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know what, what, how chess tournaments go, but if chess is your thing, and, you, and with the, the Russian guy that knows all the moves, I don't know, he beats the machine, that guy, I don't know. Did they, Kasper, is that his name? Kasparov, yeah. Do they cheer? Like when he beat, did people like go, yeah, you beat the machine? And, was that, that happen? Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I should have never said chess turn. Should have. Whatever, rabbit trail. Sorry about that. This, every moment we've had, they're all amazing. They're all wonderful. They're all a shadow. What we said actually a couple of weeks ago is we only have so much to contain those moments in our lives here. The moment we get into the presence of God, the roof comes off of our ability, and all of a sudden, the magnitude of God comes flooding in. And in fact, the rest of eternity is the roof continuing to expand, our minds being blown with the amazingness of God. That's what this is about. And the, the concern is that our hearts will get wrapped up here in this life with these dim shadows. Uh, how many of you have um, grandmothers that can cook like nobody's business? I got grandmothers that can cook like nobody's business all over, okay? Or moms that can cook like nobody, or, dad, or dads that can cook like nobody's business. That's me. All right. Here's what happens. Inevitably, you've been, you're, you know, you've been at Thanksgiving, you've been at Christmas, and they're making their like world famous whatever that thing is that they make. And you're dreaming about it now, and I've already ruined lunch for you. I'm sorry. And what, what they do is, when no one else is around, they'll give you like the taste of what's about to come, and they dip up the spoon or whatever, or they break off the piece and they give you a little taste of it, and you're like, oh my gosh. Just, and you just, you just like, you start breaking out like in Revelation song or whatever it is, right? You have your moment. But how awful would it be if you get the little taste, but you never actually go to the meal? You don't ever actually touch the meal. You, you live on just the taste. And what we see here from Scripture is God opening our eyes and saying, listen, everything you can have here is a taste. Do not, do not let your heart be settled on a taste. You and I got to reach for the whole meal that is to come. And Jesus is proclaiming uh, through revelation. He's saying, come and have and taste. He, he wants our hearts pointed upward toward that day. He wants us seeing and understanding and knowing all that he has for us for that day. Revelation chapter 21. There's so much that he says. I'm just, we had to grab one text. And so I want you to read this with me. He's got this amazing goodness to come, but he wants our hearts anchored in it. So Revelation 21, he says, Then I saw a new heaven 
And I saw a new earth. This, now, this is uh, uh, John. John's getting the revelation, he's, and he's showing us what Jesus is doing. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I think the significance here is now we're all connected. We're not separated by these massive bodies of water. Now the people of God are all together. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This thing has been made totally ready. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true, which is another way of saying, I'm doing this thing. He says, You can anchor this in your soul. He said to me, It is done. It's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now, I want, I want you to see this here. To the thirsty... I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. So here's what he's saying. Don't stop thirsting for the presence of God. And here, I'm gonna give you the whole thing. I am going to release you into the life you have always wanted, the peace, joy, power, all the things that you've, we've all craved to have, it's coming. And you, there's no payment. In fact, the currency in heaven is hunger and thirst. That's what he's saying. I don't need anything else. I want you to hunger and thirst. And if you'll continue to hunger and thirst, you'll con- you conquer. This is your heritage. And, and, and I will be his God, and he will be my son or daughter. You're going to be my kids, my children. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pull out, I just want to pull out a few things, three truths. I have here three truths of heaven that actually matter for us today, what they mean for today. I want to pull on these things. I want us to just get our minds around heaven for a moment about what it is that God has for us and then what it actually means for our lives in this moment, all right? Now, first and foremost, a new heaven and a new earth means a new you, A new heaven and a new earth means a new you. And that's good news because every one of us have felt the limitations of this life. We've all been frustrated by it. Some of you walk around with back pain or arthritis, right? And it's painful. It's, you you know, deep down inside, this this ain't right. Or we've seen the brokenness of of our, our, our messy world and eyesight leaves and 
There's diseases that come and we feel the weight of this and we know that our, our bodies unfortunately can't contain all that God has for us in the here and now. And the promise that Jesus is making here is, listen, I'm going to give you a completely new body, new life, totally resurrected. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 we get a description of what's going to happen. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Meaning, there was courage, there was encouragement we were gonna take from this reality. We're supposed to take all the time. Now, here's what he's explaining. When you and I pass away, when we're done with this life, we go straight into the presence of Jesus. But guess what? It's only the spirit that's in front of him. It's only the Spirit. But there's coming a day where Jesus is going to do for us what the power of God did in him, where Jesus died, went into the grave, but then he came out alive in a resurrected body. So you need to hear this. Jesus is still fully God and fully man. He's got his body. He's got the scars in his hands, right? But now he's the glorified King of kings and Lord of lords, and there's nothing that can stop him. And what's going to happen is when all is said and done, there's going to come a resurrection for everybody. So whether you're in the ground or whether you've been spread out at sea or over sea world, or I don't know why I just said sea world, but I don't know. I don't think they let you do that. I don't think they let you do that. You can't be buried at sea world, but wherever, whatever, whatever, it, I, listen, whatever it is that has happened for you, listen, you and I, it's all coming back. We're going to have resurrected bodies. Just like you. So Jesus, you've, you've seen, you've read in scripture, the firstborn of the resurrection. The first of the resurrection. So he was the first. He's going to come back and he's doing it for us. But guess what? All the limitations you and I have experienced, all the ways that our body doesn't work, right? All the ways that things aren't full. He's, to- he's fixing all of it. And also, if you can imagine the best you coming back, like better than you ever saw before. You kids, kids, you guys, who wants to be like the fastest kid ever? Like to be, yeah, I see that creed, I know. Yeah, you wanna be the fastest kid, guess what? When in heaven, Jesus gives you your body back, you're, you're like the flash, all right? You're ready to blaze a trail. This is what happens when we get, uh, when we get before him, is that he resurrects the body and he says, listen, I'm gonna make all the things that were not right here in this life right. I'm going to fix all of these things and I'm going to, all the cruddy stuff that's going on now, I'm making new. And so here's the, here's the, the message. Steward well what you got. Steward well what you got here. Be faithful to walk with him because listen, he's preparing you for an amazing end. You and I, we have a purpose here. The way that Paul put it this way is this. Listen, I would so much, I'd rather be with Jesus. So this is what Paul, the apostle Paul, he's got all the revelation in the world. He's going, I'd rather be with Jesus. But listen, it's better for me to be here. I'm being made into his image and I have a mission to accomplish. So I'm gonna take care of what God has given to me here. I know it's not right, but I'm gonna live on mission. 
the point of being here or the point of having what we're going to have, the, po- the point of knowing where we're headed, the resurrection that's coming for us is to say, listen, this thing ain't right, but I'm going to live on mission because God has a, an amazing plan and purpose for the end. That's what we did. This is where we're headed. No more tears, no more crying, no more pain in our bodies. Totally resurrected, totally made right. So the, so the issue is, will we steward what we got here right now so that we can help others for that day? Whatever mess you might have going on or whatever difficulties you've been going on with your family, the, the, the question is, is, can we set our minds on another day that's coming because it's so easy to be bogged down in this life. Listen, if, this li- if, you, if we feel like this life is it, then can it, we just be honest, physical ailments and all the disappointments that come from this messy life, they'll, they'll crush us, the weight of it. We wish we could do this and we wish we could have that and we wish we could be about that and we, we don't feel like we can or our bodies won't allow us to do it or this thing is failing or this thing isn't right, this thing isn't working and we get crushed under the weight of the fact that we can't do any of these things and God's going, hey, I've got this taken care of. Trust me in the moment and help others see me. Live on mission. Take care of what you got. It ain't all perfect, but I'm taking you there. I'm, I'm on a journey with you. New heaven and new earth means a new life. It's what he's given to us. So don't be so anchored about what's going on here. Listen, hey, eat your Wheaties. All right, eat your (laughs) Wheaties. Like from 1987, eat your Wheaties. All right, eat your vegetables, kiddos. Eat your vegetables. Take care of what's going on here. But listen, we're not putting our whole stock in this body here. We're gonna take care of it. We wanna steward it for one purpose because you and I got a few years to tell people about the love of God before we're all in it day after day. That's why we got these bodies. You understand that? Everybody looking at me. This is why you have your body. So you got four seconds to tell people about Jesus before we're all there. So that's where we're going. That's why you got this thing. It doesn't work good. It doesn't work great. But that's where we're going, so let's, let's take as many people with us as possible. New heaven and a new earth means restored relationships. Restored relationships. Listen, heaven is a place for literally every person. All of the relational strife that we experience now, totally gone. All the disappointments, totally gone. Listen, all of us. You guys who want to, you want to see racial reconciliation in this life. We want to see racial reconciliation in this life. Listen, the guaranteed promise, every nation, tribe, and tongue are represented in heaven. Every color on the planet is fully represented in heaven. You understand this? If you have a passion for racial reconciliation, I got a great guarantee for you. It's happening. By the way, uh, those nations aren't going away. Nationalities that, like, we don't all, like, become, like, um, white people with the white robes. And well, Actually, we do get white robes. It does say that. We're going to get white robes and some leaves or something like that. There's, a, like, a party that happens at some point in time. I'm not sure if you have to wear the white robe the whole time or not. All I know is this. <laughs> every nation, every color, every ethnicity, every language, it's there, and it hadn't changed. And I think one of the coolest things is that somebody from the Middle East can be talking to you, you and 
today you couldn't understand a word. They're going to say it in his own tongue, and you're going to understand it. And then you're going to respond in your really bad Tennessee accent, and they're going to understand it, right? They're going to get it. You, you want to see racial reconciliation? Listen, God's doing it. If you find yourself struggling, listen, if, if you've been wrestling with that, that racism thing or that thing's going on in you, it's, this is a chance. Repent. God made every color and tongue. He's redeeming all of them. You got a prejudice against one of them. Repent. Ask God to forgive you and say, God, would you give me a heart of love because that's where I'm going. We're going to a heaven where the nations still exist, and we're going to hug each other or high-five or spirit sprinkles or whatever we got to do together. That's what we're going to be doing, but that's where we're headed, all right? I love Revelation 5. Worthy are you to take the scrolls and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. This is what God's doing. Every language tribe, this is where it's going. You, if you're going for racial reconciliation and this, I think is powerful, we need to be doing, guess what? We need to get people connected to Jesus because he's doing it perfectly. Jesus is doing it perfectly. All right, you guys that are all the, uh, the what we have is the, uh, the, the battle between the environmentalists and the industrialists, right? If you are an environmentalist, guess what heaven is? Totally perfect world. Like, uh, no, like, there's no plastic around the, the duck's neck, all right, or anything like that in heaven. I'm just saying, but like, seriously, oil spill on the, like, well, there's no dawn. We're having to clean up the, the duck that's got the oil on him, right? It, it, if you are an environmentalist, heaven is your place. Listen, okay? If you are an industrialist, listen, heaven is your place. There is 0% unemployment in heaven, 0% unemployment. All right, everybody has a role job. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. Everybody has it. So if you're like, oh, we gotta have jobs for everybody. So even if we're like, we're burning coal and make, making the sky black, I wanna do it. You know, that's, if that's you, everybody's got a job in heaven. You're in good shape. If you're an environmentalist, so the, we're all coming together. Industrialists and environmentalists hugging each other in heaven. That's how it's happening, all right? All my pacifists in here, you guys think you hate war. War's the worst, guess what, in heaven? No war whatsoever. Jesus totally reigning. There is zero war, all right? All of you war hawks in here, you're like, I'm ready to blow some stuff up, you know, like, let's get all the bad guys and destroy them. All right, that's you. Guess what? You just watched the greatest war of all time, Jesus kicking the beep, beep, beep out, of, out of Satan, all right? All right? I know we got kids in here. Jesus is going, you want to see the war of all wars Jesus destroys Satan, all right? All right, so pacifists, the war hawks, we're all, we're all there together. All right, Republicans, you guys, okay? Oh, where are we going with this one? Where are we going? Oh, Lord. God's gonna reward each one according to his own work, all right? All that personal responsibility, and you do you, and I'll do me, and we'll all be all right. Okay, that thing, hey, God's going to take care of that. He's going to give some two talents, ten talents. It's what you do with it. As you respond, God's got amazing things for those that respond to him in obedience, for those that walk out, for those that are personally responsible. It's awesome. All my Democrats in here, all two of you. 
I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's probably, I don't know what it's like here. In West Texas, you can make that joke because it's actually true. <clears throat> Listen, everybody's going to be cared for. Everybody's going to be cared for. There are going to be no orphans. No, no one's disenfranchised in heaven. It's the place we all long for. Doesn't matter what your political party. Hey, if you're in this place and you're going, I can't stand political parties. Guess what? Heaven is the place for you. There are no Republicans or Democrats in heaven. All right? You can, I just can't stand the pol- political back and forth. It drives me batty. Guess what? Heaven's the place for you. It's the answer. It's where we're going. It's the promise that ha- God has for every one of us. There are no corrupt politicians in heaven. There's one king, and here's what's crazy. Everything he says, people are totally undone. Every time Jesus opens, every time the king opens his mouth in heaven, people are going, oh my gosh, can we just worship? Can we just sing? Can we just, can we lay down? I cannot stand. Can you imagine rulership and authority like this? This is where we're going. God wants everybody to be involved. You got, the truth is you got friends that are one of many of those things that I just described. You got good friends, you got family that all fall in these kind of camps and we're all running after the same stuff. And what Jesus is saying is I'm doing all of it for all time. And the question for us is can we stop being more passionate about our cause than we are about the son of God? We got a whole bunch of causes we're fighting for in this life. And I'm, I'm thankful there are many great causes. I'm, I'm for the causes. But if it is not unto seeing Christ revealed, Jesus lifted high, we're missing the point. The point of heaven is that Jesus is lifted high and he changes the atmosphere for all time. It's where we're headed. It's where he's taking us. Our cause is Jesus there are poor and needy that need to be loved on in this life. I, that's an amazing cause. It, we, we, it's spoken to us throughout scripture. The, the disenfranchised, it's an amazing cause. The, marriages are broken, it's an amazing cause. We can give our heart to many things that are amazing in this life, but hear this. It is about helping this world see Jesus. He fixes it all. It's the guaranteed promise for every person in this room that calls on the name of Jesus. All the broken relationships with family and friends, all those things are wrapped up. They're found, they're bound in Jesus Christ. God has a way for you. If you've found, it's not, you know, it's funny when you're thinking about in terms of Republicans and Democrats, it's entirely different than when it's you and your son or you and your father and there's something broken or There's something that's missing there and you feel the ache of it. And Jesus is saying, I have all the reconciliation in the world. Come to me. Come to me now. Hear my heart for that person. Hear my heart for what the way I see this broken relationship. Hear my heart for these things and and come to me. I'm gonna fix it all. This is the guarantee, but you gotta follow after me. It's what he wants to do. God's going to show up and give us himself and it changes the atmosphere and he can do it now. Please hear this. 
The point of heaven then is that he's giving us the taste now. We don't want to be satisfied. We got the full meal coming, but let's get that taste and let's move forward. Let's ask God to to grant us that capacity. Finally, a new heaven and a new earth means a new career. Which I know you're thinking, like, I don't think of heaven in terms of career. But here's the indication all throughout, and I'd say especially Revelation, but throughout Scripture, is that you and I, get re, we get totally new purpose and identity when we get into heaven. And at the center of all of it is you and I are going to rule and reign with Christ forever. Now, this, is, this ought to be mind-blowing. Listen to me. This is heaven, one of the great crazy things that happens uh, in the church is that we have made, uh, in many ways, heaven to be about like a long-winded church service where we sing forever. And let me tell you, you're going to want to sing, but I promise you this, the singing that's happening is out of the overflow of having been made completely new bodies, new relationships completely restored, and then all of a sudden we found that we're now ruling and Can you think about this? You and I, will rule and reign over the earth with the Son of God. Seated at his right hand. Revelation 2, I'm just gonna spout these off just really quickly. Revelation 2, be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you the crown of life. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. You understand this authority over the nations. Uh, Revelation 3, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Revelation 3, to him who overcomes, I will give the right. Now hear this. I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. This is what Jesus is saying about us. We're going to sit on the throne with Jesus to rule and reign. The 24 elders, Revelation 4, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne. They lay their crowns before the throne, meaning they're ruling with him. They've got crowns. They're reigning, and they're laying them down before him. Revelation 5, you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and you've made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Reign. Rule, meaning responsibilities and jobs. What is he saying we're going to reign over? There's people and tribes and tongue and tongues, every, every nation. There's nations going on. There's administration going on. There's people coming in and out of the holy city. People are walking. They're uh, operating in these new realities that God has given to them. And the problem is, is when we think of like ruling and reigning, typically what we think of is who gets to be in charge and the heavy-handed and the, the fist, like, well, is, somebody's, is somebody going to be over me and are they going to be mean-spirited about it or am I going to be ruling over people? And oh, that sounds exhausting because I was kind of hoping like heaven was more like a neat fishing trip, you know, and that's just like, no, seriously, like if I could just get my cabana in heaven and could just lay out and get a decent tan, I'm in good shape, Right? And God's saying, no, no, no. Listen, 
I got stuff for everyone. You're going to reign with me. Reign over what? Over the earth. By the way, God has an entire universe he's created. We have no idea what reigning is going. Maybe your job in heaven is to like explore and start new communities on different planets or something. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I know there's a new heaven and a new earth. By the way, this thing is getting reformed, reformatted, changed. But there's going to be an earth. We're going to be on it. It's going to be, there, there are jobs there's responsibilities, but guess what? Can you imagine? None of it comes with the strife that we typically associate it with. We think about all these responsibilities that weigh down on us and keep us pinned down, but guess what? When there's no sin and no brokenness, when we get to step up with Christ, then guess what? Everything that we put our hand to is now becomes life-giving. It becomes in and under with the authority of Jesus on it. And I know this, if you've ever had just a moment in life where you've just, you felt like you operated out of the power of the Spirit of God on your life, there's nothing better than that. That's what God is doing all the time. It's his plan, it's his purpose, it's what he's doing. We're gonna rule and reign with him. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, by, by the way, your job, you're, if you're thinking, I don't, I'm just really not, I'm not a manager of people. That's just not my thing. I'm introverted. This sounds horrible. That's not what I'm talking about. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Adam and Eve were, were, were called to rule over creation before there's any other humans, right? They governed animals. So if you're like, some of you are like, I'm, a, I'm kind of an animal person. Heaven's gonna be amazing for you. Right, what if like your job is like a whole city, you're like organizing the animals in some way or just maybe there's like, they got crazy eyeballs and stuff and you gotta give them new names. I don't know what's going on. I just know if you're an animal person, my guess is it's entirely possible God's got you doing something with animals or, animals, or maybe you care about forests and you wanna, man, God wants you to manage these amazing forests and you know, like there's like avatar, like there's things like hanging up in the sky and you're like, what do we do with the roots? Or, I, I don't know. I'm just saying there's amazing possibilities. Have you ever done this before? Like, have you ever got your head around this? I'm like, listen, if you're doing like the, I'm gonna be an angel with the wings and the harp and everything, I just gotta tell you, we gotta start thinking bigger. You gotta start thinking about destiny and let me tell you why this is important. Because when you and I have a goal in mind, it gives us energy to plow through the, those dark days when we're not there yet. We have an amazing end God's taking us to, but we gotta get our minds around something completely different. God's intention for humans was that we would occupy the whole earth and reign over it. That it would produce God-exalting societies in which we would exercise creativity, imagination, intellect, and skills that bring glory to God and manifest his attributes. That's what he's doing. So you know what that means for today? That means, listen, the, maybe the job you have that's kind of cruddy and you don't love, don't hate it. Press through God is producing something in you for eternity. Let me say that again. The job that's only so-so and you've got a bunch of strife and things don't always work right and you've got the, you know, the, 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 the people that you're working with that don't know Jesus and, they, and you know, there's all, all this strife that comes along with being around them, it's not empty. God is producing something in you. He's re- making us ready for an eternity of ruling and reigning with him. You kiddos, 
All you kiddos looking at me, you guys that are in school, I know you have homework, you have lots of work, or you got, you got work that you have to do, okay, and you don't want to do another math sheet, right, or you don't want to have to read another book, or you really just want to go and run, but you got, it's time, Let me, I want you to hear something, all you students, hear, me, hear, hear this well, listen, don't hate your homework. God's producing something amazing inside of you, all right? Your school is on purpose. Your school is on purpose. You're good. Listen, you kiddos, you're being prepared to rule and reign with Jesus forever. You're, God's producing something in you. How you treat your friends at school is important. He's producing something in you. How you love on people next to you, how you love on the people at your workplace, parents. It's important. It all means something. It's all, it's all producing something in us for that day. So what Jesus is saying here in the scripture, what he's pulling us all toward is there is, an, there is a future reality that we're being prepared for. And if we don't have that in mind, then we can get easily bogged down in the brokenness of this life. Listen, God is calling us to live like secure, happy children, not as orphans without hope. I want you to hear this. The call is, let's be alive here. Not broken, not disappointed, not distraught. And we have those moments. We're gonna all have dark moments. But what Jesus is saying is, listen, I got something for you. Would you set your eyes on it? Set your eyes on where I'm taking you. I want you to be alive as my children, not as orphans without hope. To the thirsty I'll give from the spring of the water of life without payment. To the one who conquers, I will have this her- he will have this heritage and I will be his God and he'll be my son. Everything we're, fa- here, everything we're facing here, Everything we face in this life is helping produce for us, taking us to that place where we see Jesus face to face and we're called sons and daughters of God. And that's the truth this morning is that God wants us secure in knowing our future. Listen, this is where he wants us secure. You might not feel secure in this and God's wanting us to be secure. Ephesians 1, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Meaning this, here's what he's saying. I have given you my Holy Spirit to take you to the end. It's a guarantee. Whatever ups and downs you experience, he is with us to lead us right to the end. We have the Holy Spirit. For all that call in the name of Jesus, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of a possession that we will acquire. And so let's conquer, let's overcome. I'm gonna ask the band to come up. We're gonna worship here, but before we do that, you guys can go ahead and come up. We're gonna... We're gonna partake, it's the first Sunday of the month, we're gonna partake in communion together. And 
I love what Jesus says about taking this supper together, so to speak, this, the bread and cup, because uh, Jesus makes a statement, and here's the statement. Here's what he says. When you partake of the bread and the cup, you are proclaiming my death until I come again. And so here's what he's saying is, listen, I died and went into the grave so you don't have to experience eternal death, but I, I gave my life so that, so that all will know I'm coming again. All the ailments, all the problems, all the disappointments of this life, I'm going to overcome and I've secured this by my spirit. So would you rest in me? that's what we're going to do. And so uh, we're going to take a minute to worship. And while we're worshiping, um, our, our uh, people are going to pass the elements. Here's what I want you to do. As they're passing the elements, uh, would you just take it and hang on to it? We're going to partake together as a family. So um, when the bread comes, take a piece of bread, hang on to it. When the cup comes, take the cup and hang on to it. And then we'll hold it. And, and while they're passing it out, we're going to be worshiping. I encourage you just to sing. Let your heart be free. Let me tell you something. If you've said yes to Jesus Christ, if you've called him Lord, King, and Savior, your future is guaranteed. Whatever disappointments you might be walking through right now, let me just tell you, there's a day coming where Jesus comes back and he pulls every weight off of you. He wraps you and I up in his arms and he says, let's rule and reign together. My son, my daughter, you are co-heir with me. What the Father has given to me, I freely give to you. That's what we celebrate when we partake of the cup and the bread, is remembering these promises that we have of a future that is untainted, that is hope-filled, that is full of his presence. God, would you grant us, would you grant us total security and knowing our future with you. Would you release whatever thing may weigh on us, whatever thing, even maybe this morning we came in with stuff that's weighing on our shoulders and we don't know how to fix it or we don't know how to, and all we know is this, Jesus, you fix everything. And so we put our eyes back on you, not on our problems. We set our gaze on the king of heaven and your promise for us, not on our problems or our issues or circumstances. Thank you for removing guilt of sin and brokenness and shame. Thank you for being broken for our joy, for our life. We love you and we honor you. We bless you. Would you lead us in worship?